Welcome to Love Notes from a Soul Coach, the podcast where we don't shy away from difficult topics. We dive deep and explore what it means to genuinely, authentically heal. Ready? Okay, let's jump into today's show. Hi, friends. I changed up my intro. What do you think? Yeah, it just felt like it was time for a little change. This show will probably go through all kinds of changes and iterations, and that's okay with me. Once upon a time, I lived in more black and white terms. You work out the kinks during dress rehearsal, and then by the time the curtain goes up, everything has to be polished and established. But now I honor the unfolding, and that feels much more liberating. Things are allowed to change. Nothing has to be set in stone. This is a big one for a lot of us. We make declarations about our lives. I'm going here. I'm seeing this person. This is my career now. This is my decision. And we forget that we're allowed to change our minds. We're allowed to change in all kinds of ways. Allowing change in our lives, in our understanding of who we are, is how we keep our lives from going flat or stale. It's how we stay engaged with our own evolution. So I took some time off recently from doing life the way I normally do it, because as we talked about in last week's episode, one of our dogs passed away rather suddenly. And those of you who know me know that my dogs are my life. I'm not a casual dog owner. I'm one of those annoying people who's basically never not talking about her dogs. I just think they're the most perfect beings in creation. So this has been a really heavy loss. Um, It's felt like losing a member of our family because that's who Dusty was. He was a profound member of our family. And I've been giving myself a lot of permission to just take it easy in the wake of his death. I haven't been keeping up with things the way I normally do. And I've been letting that be okay. Grief is a topsy-turvy thing. We want to put it in the rear view as quickly as possible because it's so hard to feel. So if we have a day where we're feeling a little better after a loss, we can be tempted to declare, okay, I've turned the corner. I'm going to be all right now. And then when things feel awful five minutes later, we might get hard on ourselves because we've stepped into that linear trap of expecting that we've quote-unquote finished feeling the hard feeling, and now we're on to something better. But of course, that's not how any of this works, right? It's like with grief, the context keeps changing rapidly. I'm okay. I'm not okay. No, no, I am okay. Maybe we have to learn to be okay with not being okay. For me, I've just wanted a lot of space these past weeks. I've been intentionally not allowing too many appointments on my calendar. I've been giving myself a lot of downtime, slow time. I've been allowing myself to be selfish and clear about what my limits are, even though that's not always comfortable for me in my relationships. In the past, I've definitely felt like it's my duty to say yes to any invite or to be available anytime someone else needs me, regardless of what's going on in my own life or to fill the blank spaces on my calendar with plans. 
There's a lot of compulsion in this. And living a compelled life is the opposite of living a free life. So part of taking space and asking for what I need has included not being on Instagram much these past weeks. Actually, I have a very, you know, what I would consider a very decent relationship with social media for the most part. I definitely go through times where it feels a little addictive and I notice I'm on it more than I want to be. But for the most part, I keep it in check. And I'm not a person who demonizes social media because I've, I've made a bunch of absolutely beautiful connections there. And I learn things constantly that expand my consciousness, things I'm so grateful to have learned. And I love the challenge of making a 60-second reel about a complex topic. It's like haiku. It's like, can I reduce this idea down to its most essential form? It's really hard to do. It's a great exercise. But over the past few weeks, with Dusty being so sick and then passing away, and now waiting through the ups and downs of grief, I just haven't wanted to show up on Instagram. I haven't wanted to interact. I haven't wanted to record myself because I haven't wanted to be seen. And I wasn't fully aware of that last part until this morning. This morning it hit me, oh, right. I'm doing that thing that I do when I'm hurt. I don't like to be seen. This is very much connected to the need to self-isolate, which I know we've touched on before on this show. It's a maladaptive coping skill that runs very deep for me, and I know for so many others out there too. When we come from a childhood where we've been left alone to deal with really heavy stuff, our brains come to the conclusion, oh, okay, so... I'm meant to navigate this alone. I'm not worthy of support with this. I'm supposed to be able to get through it and to feel better on my own without resources. Okay, so this is how we do pain. We're not acceptable in our pain. We have to section off and fix it. And then we can come back when we're better. Because no one wants to see us or be with us when we're struggling. These are the kinds of associations a child makes with their pain when they are under-supported or left to their own devices to process it at a young age. And these associations are very hard to unlearn. It takes real, devoted, loving self-attention to identify our own blind spots, to shine a light there, and consider new ways of dealing with what's hard to deal with. So... I don't want to be seen in my pain. And yet the grown-up in me, the well-read seeker of all things wise and healing, knows that we don't heal in isolation. That connection is the balm. Connection is not just part of how we heal. It's the healing itself. Reconnecting with a sense of hope, purpose, willingness, love, beauty, meaning, these are the sacred ingredients of our healing. This is the process. Reconciling our ignorance with our wisdom, making new choices, coming up against the habit of those old coping skills, the need to hide away, and then saying, can I go against the wound? Can I do the opposite of what my wound wants? 
Can I tolerate being seen when I feel like hiding? For those of us who don't want to be seen when we're hurting, for those of us who section off and self-isolate in our pain, there are ways to have that critically important connection piece that doesn't have to involve other people. Because sometimes that's too big of a leap, you know? So we can connect with our own feelings, honestly and authentically, on the page, through our writing. We can speak them out loud on the meditation cushion. We can give them room to just be exactly as they are and not rush to solve them or change them. We can be generous with ourselves in this way. We can connect with nature. We can go for long, slow walks outside, really taking it in feeling how interconnected we are with every single aspect of this earthly experience we're existing inside of. We can connect with our senses, lighting incense or sage or using essential oil diffusers. These are really powerful ways to also create ritual and to clear energy when we're struggling. We can dim the lights or use candles. We can practice slow movements or yoga stretches. We can take a warm bath or shower. We can listen to music we love. We can eat our favorite foods and allow ourselves to really savor the taste. We can remind ourselves throughout any of these practices that we are engaging in the art of connection. There is intention behind this. The intention is to teach our minds a new way of working with our pain. We don't have to be isolated we can reinforce connection instead. We can allow ourselves to feel a oneness with all of life because this is fundamentally true. We are in oneness with all of life. The illusion of separateness is where our suffering is coming from. I've been thinking of one of my favorite poems that I wanted to share with you today. It's called Kindness. And it's by Naomi Shihab Nye from her brilliant book of poems, The Words Under the Words. I had to look up what the rules are about sharing other people's poems on a podcast. And if you keep it under a certain amount of words, you're allowed to do it without permission. So I'm going to share just a portion of this poem. But I also want to highly recommend her work and her book to you. So... Hopefully you'll hear it here, and if you didn't know about her already, you'll be inspired to go buy her book and support her work. So this is an excerpt from the poem Kindness by Naomi Shihab Nye. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows, and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to gaze at bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere like a shadow 
or a friend. Thanks for spending the time with me today. And if you heard something that resonated, please consider liking, subscribing, and sharing my podcast so it can reach other ears out there. You can find more of my offerings at marywelch.com or on Instagram at marywelchofficial. I look forward to connecting with you again real soon.